Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Raymond Word of Faith, the Word Church. And again, we've been speaking on the subject of the church building. <laughs> yes, the church building. I know we've been programmed in this world, in this country, believe that the church building is where God resides. And he's just waiting on us to show up. And he's so lonely Monday through Saturday because we're out doing our thing and that's the farthest from the truth and I always tell people you know what people may not ever read the bible I tell Christians this but they're going to read you because the scripture says we're walking epistles and it's true because Christ in us the hope of glory the Holy Spirit lives in us which equates to God lives in us we're God's house we're God's building we're God's property because he dwells in us and there's so, so many you mean that building over there on 12th street where you meet uh-huh. On East Avenue, where our church meets, that's not the the it's house not, of God. That's not the house. It's the house of God when we're there. And, and you know what? And, and just to say this, because God is all, he's everywhere. And, and I do that because other people use our building throughout the week. So what I do, because I know God's so powerful and awesome, how great is my God? I leave his presence there, his Holy Spirit there. I Pray that it would stay there and saturate that place from center to circumference. So whoever else uses this facility throughout the week, that they have a God encounter. And I know all things are possible to him who believe. And with God, nothing is impossible. And I know if whatsoever things I desire when I pray, believe I receive. And I desire that God encounter people. That's God's will too, that no man shall perish, but all may have eternal life. His desire is all men be saved. So if he wants to reveal himself to other people while we're not in that facility, praise the Lord. And, and, and I'm willing to, to pray that. That's part of thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Because God wants every inhabitant on the earth to come into a saving knowledge of him through his son Jesus. So I just pray that because I know we're not in that building all the time. And it gets used throughout the week. 
but I know that greater is he that's in me. I know that the spirit of the Lord dwells in me and wherever I go, I am the church going. I'm the church going to Safeway. I'm the church going to the bank. I'm the church going to work. I'm the church everywhere I go. And as a pastor, as a ministry leader, I remind the saints that of that. Those are the ones that I'm the build up that look like Christ Jesus as well as myself. But I remind them that as they go out throughout the week, that greater is he that's in them than he that's in the world. Well, I tell people all the time, if you, uh, our church, I say, if you're driving down East Avenue and you look over and you see our building there and you say, well, there's our church. I said, no, there's a, you need to look in the mirror and say, there's our church. Hallelujah. That's <laughs> now, what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's a building over there right. where our church meets. Yeah, right. But we, that is not our church. And it's very interesting because we have a sign, a sandwich board sign that we put out in front of our building on Sundays, it says Rama Word of Faith meets here. Well, actually, we meet somewhere else on uh, midweek Bible studies. We meet at 2162 Hartford at the Parkside Terrace Community Center. We meet there as a congregation to have midweek Bible study. And Monday through Saturday, we're meeting all over the city. Right, wherever <laughs> where we at. go. Yeah, we're, we're having a meeting. We're meeting right here, the church. Right. The, the body of Christ, we're having a meeting right here over the airwaves. And it's fun. And, and God's in the midst of us because he said, where there's two or more gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So we're here in the mighty and majestic name of Jesus, and God's holy presence is with us. Not only is it with us, you know, saturating this studio, but it, it's in us. And it's coming out of us because he said this, those who are filled with the Spirit or filled with the Lord, out of their bellies shall flow rivers of living water. Well, I tell people, you know, the next time you're about to give somebody a piece of your mind, next time you're about to sell somebody something, you know, kind of honry, ask yourself, would I do that if Jesus was standing here? If Jesus heard every word I said, would I want to do that? And I said, now realize that he is there, that you can't be anywhere that he's not. And you know what, Richard, God's been revealing this to me. We always like to say we're faith people and, and we walk by faith and not by sight. Well, you know what? When you reframe your tongue from speaking evil... When you don't allow that filthy stuff to come out your mouth, you curse somebody out. When you don't allow it and, and put a muzzle on it or put your hand over your mouth, you're walking by faith. Yeah. And the scripture says in Romans 1.17, the just shall live by faith. You're actually living by faith. Now, when you decide I'm not going to curse this person out, I'm not going to return evil for evil, but I'm going to overcome evil with good, you're walking by faith. A lot of people don't realize that. Because now wow. you're... You're pleasing to God. You're doing God's will. Right. Now. Well, people will say, I'm mad and I don't, I want them to know it. You so, ain't walking by so, faith now. Right. So I'm going to be prickly and ornery and I want everybody to know I'm. Nowhere in the scripture does it say that. No. Nowhere in the scripture. You know, it says, pray for those that despitefully use you. Love your enemies. Now you're walking by faith. Right. So I'm going to give them a piece of my mind isn't walking you're by walking faith. You're walking in the flesh. That's the side. <laughs> so that, you're walking right. in the flesh. That's your own side. And the scripture refers to you as a carnal Christian because you haven't. Remember, Jesus said this, crucify yourself daily. And, and I make this declaration all the time. And I know we're going another direction now. But Paul had to get a revelation of that. And he spoke it because words are powerful. You got to. Speak what you seek. Well, that's why James talks about the tongue being so powerful. Well, well, Paul declared this, and I declare it a lot of times to keep me in line, because the scripture says, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Paul made this declaration in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ Jesus. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I live in the flesh, 
I now live by faith in the Son of Man, Jesus, who loved me and gave himself for me. He said, I ain't walking by the this intellect, the sense knowledge. I'm walking by the will and the word of God now. That's my guide. Remember the scripture says, run with endurance the race that's set before you, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Well, Jesus in Revelation is called the word of God. I got to look to the word of God as I live, because the just shall live by faith, and it's faith in God, faith in the word of God and the faith of God. You got to always ask yourself, like you just said, would Jesus just go cut somebody out right now right now because they're angry? Or would I do it if Jesus was standing there? Right, you would. <laughs> if he was next to you, well, here's the deal. He ain't standing next to you. He's standing in, in you. In you, right. Yeah, so you're doing it. And uh, actually, the Bible refers to that as grieving the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit don't like that. So you're grieving the Holy Spirit when you're letting all this nasty stuff come out of you constantly. And you're not trying to make corrections. And you're not, you don't have a, a desire to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You want to stay where you are because... You like doing that, remember? Oh, Bible. some sin is fun. Yeah, yeah. People like sin. Sin is fun for a season. I know people, Christians. I know Christians. They like cussing folk out. They like giving folk a piece of their mind, and and, and they'll speak in tongues right after they <laughs> doing it. I'm serious. I see them, and I'm like, wow. And Jesus said, "You have not so learned Christ. You haven't you haven't learned me." If that's what he says, you know, Jesus is our example. He's our role model, and. That's why the scripture says, looking unto Jesus as the author and the finisher of your faith. The finisher, author, we mean, that's the beginning. He authored it. The finisher means, I heard a pastor talk about this the other day, Bill Winston. He said, finisher, you know, woodwork, and Jesus was a carpenter, woodwork. When, you, when you're finishing that wood, you might start off with some rough sandpaper, but by the time you're getting that finish finished on it, you thin the sandpaper out, and it's nice and smooth. It's finished. Well, he's the finisher of our faith. He's the finisher of what we believe because he's in us and he desires that we do the Father's will. He yes. desires that the kingdom come, the will be done. Yesterday, I, I mentioned the scripture how their people don't know anything else what the Bible says, but somehow they heard that the man's the head of the household. Then you talk to people, they don't know anything that the Bible really has to say, but they heard somewhere that an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And so they take that to mean that Scripture teaches get revenge, get even with people. Well, the Scripture teaches the exact opposite of get revenge, get even well, with people. Jesus said you have heard it said an eye for an eye. Well, I heard that too. But he said, but I say, remember, he's your Lord and Savior right. now. I say love Your Lord there. said this. And again, back to, you know what, here's a correction for those men that uh, just believe they're the head of the household. Scripture says He's the, Christ is the head of the body, and we're the head of the wife. But really, in reality, the man is the foundation of, of the family. Well, see, I always say it is not a headship of privilege. It is a headship of responsibility. responsibility. Yes. That, the, yes. that you're huh. responsible. That's you don't I, have privileges being the head of the house. Right. You have responsibility. Right. Because, and I, I, a lot of men don't like to hear this. But if your son or daughter gets to be 18 and can't read and write and do the stuff like they should, you failed. Right. Teachers didn't fail. Your wife didn't fail. You failed. Well, because as, as a Christian, and I think as any responsible parent, because the Bible instructs you as the parent, train up a child in the way they should. Right. Go. And the man's ultimately responsible. Right. Because he's the foundation of the family. Yeah. And, and he want to be the head. <laughs> 
Well, he wants to, you know, some some anyway. Right, right, right. Want to just tell people, oh. But, you know, we were talking earlier, and and before we got on that, too many Christians think they can treat people however they want. That then people just have to take it, or that it's okay to treat people however they want. And and a lot of times they call it love. You know, I'm going to speak the truth in love. Well, a lot of this truth people speak isn't done in love. It's done in anger. And then they want to later on try, well, I was just doing it in love. Sister so-and-so really needed to hear that, or brother so-and-so really needed to hear that. When really you were just wanting to be mad. You were just trying to... Want to give them a piece of your mind. <laughs> right. In love. You know, and then and then gossip's one of those things. You know, Christians, I would say gossip is probably the biggest sin running around the Christian church today. And we we couch it sometimes in prayer requests. And I think a few months ago we might have talked about this very issue, how, you know, Pastor, we need to be praying for Sister Martha because I just seen her husband coming out of a bar with another woman last night, you know. But I'm not gossiping. That's the prayer request. We got we got to be praying, you know, Pastor. We got to be praying because I just seen Brother Tom coming out of a liquor store and he had a black bag, mm-hmm. you know. Don't know what it was. <laughs> right, and so we got to be careful, even in our prayer request, making sure that they're not, it's not just gossip. It's not just talking about people. Because I have learned in 30 years of ministry, almost 30 years of ministry now, Christians are some of the meanest people in the world. Wow. <laughs> and so, that's, that's sad right there. It really is. And it's one of the reasons I'm convinced, and I think we talked about this just a little bit yesterday, that the world might not listen to your testimony, but I can't remember exactly how you phrase it. They're, but they're reading you as a they'll, they'll read you. epistle. Right. And this is one of the reasons I think that so many people don't want anything to do with Christianity. Well, that is the reason. Because they see Christians fighting just like anybody else. They see Christians being mean to each other just like anybody else. And, and they the, say, what do I need that for? And the command from our Lord and Savior Jesus was, in Matthew five twelve, was let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And in Ephesians says, 210, I was just looking at here, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Another word for walking them is live in it. We should be living for the Lord and, and for the kingdom of God and, and drawing people near, not pushing people back. Right. But again, it's so important to feed on the word of God constantly and be in a good Bible-based church. You got to. You got to be in a church where the pastor is inspiring you and challenging you to be not just a hearer of the word, but a doer. Because there's some churches out there, Richard, and the scripture talks about it. There's going to come a time when people are going to have itching ears. Meaning they're going to heap up teachers for themselves that just tell them what they want to hear, to make them feel good, pat them on the back every Sunday and say, hey, I did my thing. But no, you have to be challenged to do the will and the word of God. Well, Paul says, so I say to you, live by the spirit. That's what we've got to do. Mm-hmm. Christianity is actually fairly easy. It's not nearly as complicated as people. It really is. It's not it, about thou shalt and thou shalt not. It is about live by the Spirit. Right. So Paul doesn't say, so I say to you, follow the Ten Commandments. He doesn't say, so I say to you, follow the Mosaic Law. He says, so I say to you, live by the Spirit. That's all it is. And if you live by the Spirit, you fulfill 
You're not gonna, he's along. not ever going to lead you into sin. Right. The Holy Spirit will never lead you into sin. Actually, he's gonna, it's going to lead you into what Jesus said in John 10.10. 10. I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. That's what it's going to lead you into. Life and life right. more abundantly. Who wouldn't sign up for that? Who wouldn't? Who doesn't want life and life more abundantly? I do. So now I'm going to be encouraged and challenged and mindful to not be just a hearer of the word only, but a doer. Not don't say we don't miss the mark. We all miss the mark. Even pastors, we're the main ones out here. We miss the mark, but we don't stay there. We make the correction. I always tell people it's an open book test. You can go back and open the manual up and get the answer. Oh, and then you can exercise 1 John 1, 9. If you sin, confess it. He's faithful and just to forgive you from all sin and cleanse from your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Be able to confess it. You got to be confess it to your spouse. Ask her to cover you in that. Yeah, spouses, don't get mad when your husband come and confess some stuff that he's been doing. Don't be surprised because we all, that old sin nature always likes to resurrect. <laughs> it likes to resurrect. So we have to confess our sins one to another and most of all confess it to Father God and then make the correction and, and keep walking by faith because if you don't, condemnation to sit in and condemnation destroys your faith. And you, you can't come boldly to the throne of grace if you condemn, guilty or shame. You want to keep yourself cleansed by the blood of, of Jesus by coming to Daddy, telling him about it. Well, first. Paul writes in Romans, if God is for us, who can be against us? There you go. Me and, and me, I always say this. This is written from First Vince uh, 3 9. <laughs> uh, <laughs> me and God are a majority. That's First Vince 3 9. Me, God, and myself are a majority. So if God be for me, because God's for me, who could be against me? Right. And God's for you. That's the deal. That's the walking out of spirit. He's for you. He's here to give you. He says, and Jeremiah, he told Jeremiah, Jeremiah, I have plans to prosper you, to give you a hope in the future. My plans for you are good and not evil. That's God's plans for all his creation, good and not evil. He says, here, I wrote you a manual. Here it is. All you got to do is follow it, study it, feed on it. And then apply it to your life. Joshua 1 8, this book of the law, which refers to the word of God, shall not depart from you. But you should meditate on it or ponder, think about it daily and nightly and observe to do all that's written in it. And then the promise was this. And then you will make your way prosperous. And then you put your name in there. shall have good success. He gave it to you right there. It's real simple. Meditate and do it. You have good right. success. Live by the Spirit. That's it, basically. Every day. That's all you have to do. See, and once you start studying it, it all comes together. And you're like, oh, it's, the whole Bible is just thematic. And it's got people in there. You start reading in Judges and Samuel. You'll see, you thought we was messed up. Man, Samson, Deliah, well, Deliah David. Those guys were all jacked up. Right. I mean, there's nothing new under the sun. Man's problems are still the same. We're still Human doing nature, the same right. things over and over. It didn't ha Not very much time passed before Cain kills Abel. Right. I mean, we've been doing the same stuff over yeah. and over and over. Mm -hmm. And God still loves us. That's the see good that? Well, see, I tell people, imagine, here's the thing. I know you fairly well, but I don't know everything there is to know about you. Your wife knows you much better than I do, but your wife doesn't know everything there is to know about you. This is the way it is with all of us. There are things that nobody knows about me but me. There are things that nobody knows about you except you. Mm -hmm. And what we come to realize is if everybody, if some, there's a lot of people who would know things about me that then they wouldn't like me. 
or they wouldn't like you. And then there's other people that they know a lot of those things and they still like us. God knows everything about you, everything about me. And he loves me anyway. He knows every evil thought I ever had. He knows everything I've ever done. He knows all there is to know. He peels me like an onion and knows all there is. And he loves me anyway. And when we think about that, there aren't a whole lot of people in the world probably who, knowing all there was to know about you, would love you anyway. Well, that, that's amazing grace. That's why the writer of that song, and it, it, I think it was a movie called Amazing Grace. Remember, he was a slave trader in England. Right. He got the revelation of, wow, I did all of this in my life, and God still loves me. Well, that, that's still, because remember, he's the same yesterday today and forevermore god doesn't change his love for people he didn't create people and then say i'm gonna hate on them yes any loving father will at times be disappointed in their children now that's different from not loving them. <laughs> disappointed i i've been disappointed in my children on many cases i still love them i still cared for them i still fed them nurtured them bought them clothes got them cars and stuff but god loves us he so loved the world. He proved it. He says, I'm going to send my son as a sacrifice for sin. And you might say, well, I, I didn't sin. I didn't do that. Well, you may think you didn't, but God said, I still have a provision for that. God says, I'm knowing, all knowing, and you did. So I'm still going to. There's no one righteous, right, not right, even right, right. one. I'm so anybody gonna, who's listening who thinks, oh, I, I don't know that I ever sinned. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you were born. You were born in sin, shaped in iniquity. And then people say, well, you say, when did you become a Christian? My whole life. I've always been a Christian. No, you weren't. No, you there, weren't. There was a time you weren't, because you weren't born a Christian. You weren't born a Christian. That's why you got to get born again. So if you were born a Christian, you never got born again. <laughs> and again, it's about increasing in the knowledge of the Lord's will. And again, See, and God is for us, and, and I think you said this a little earlier. God is for us. We need to remember that as Christians. You know, we talk all the time on this show is that we need to remember who we are. When you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, you know, verse 16, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? We need to remember that. We need to realize that. And, and we hear promise that God is for us. If God is for us, who can be against? We need to always remember God is for me. God is not against me. God does not hate me. God, you know, they they made a remake of the movie, um, Our Gang, and Alfalfa, in that movie, about three quarters of the way through, is describing to somebody something happened. He said, and then the heavens opened up, and God said, "I hate you, Alfalfa." Really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's funny the way it happens, the way he's talking about. It. But you know what? There's a lot of Christians that say stuff like that too, and there's a lot of non-Christians. It's like something bad happens and you say, man, God must hate me today. And maybe they don't think that he actually really does, but it's so easy to forget who we are. If things aren't going right, I saw an athlete on the, this last weekend, and he said, God is good and I won. If you lose, God is bad? Is God bad if you lose? If you don't win the game, is God bad? And so God is good always. Yeah, because perhaps. And obviously, God wanted the other team to win, too. You got to think about like that. God, and the scripture tells us, prefer others over yourself. So, God, maybe that team needed a win. You know, they've been losing all season. Well, see, my car breaks down. Does that mean God doesn't love me? God hates me? God's against me? God's not good? I mean, all kind. 
we always need to remember because when you win, it's easy to remember that God is good. When when life's going good, it's easy to always talk to people about God is good. When things are going a little tougher, that's when we still need to remember God is good. God is still for me. I lost the game, but God is still for me. My car broke down on the way over here, but God is still for me. And we got to realize, too, before we conclude, I want to hit a couple of scriptures. God is for us because we're a part of God's body. His we're household. his creation. Right. We're, the, we're part of the body of Christ. And I believe, I've got, I think that's in Ephesians, where the scripture says, Husband, love your wife as Christ so loved the church and gave himself for hers. He says, And what man hates his own body and doesn't put clothes on it or nourish it or bathe it? And, and well, God's going to love us because we're a part of him. You just said it. We're his creation. And back to the scripture over in Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to pick it up at verse 22. It says, and he, referring to God, put all things under his feet, referring to Jesus, and gave him to be the head, him, referring to Jesus, the head over all things to the church, which is his body. The church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Again, we're God's body. We're we're part of the body of Christ. And here's here's another one uh, over in uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 17. And he, referring to Jesus, is before all things. And in him, referring to Jesus, all things consist. And he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. So... Jesus is the head of us. We're the body of Christ. He's the head of us, which the body of Christ is referred to as the church. So back to where we started, we're the church. We're the yeah, body the of Christ. The building isn't the church. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're God's body. So that's why he loves us. You know what? Who, who builds a house and says, I hate this house? <laughs> yeah, I, I spent plans. I got an architect. I did all this stuff. I built it. I designed it just the way I wanted. I put everything in it. I hate this house. No, you love the house because you built it yourself. God built us. He's constantly building us by putting his spirit in us, for one, his self in us, and transforming us by the renewing of our minds, conforming us to the image of Jesus, transforming us. See, and we need to be able to look at other believers and see the same thing, that the Holy Spirit is dwelling in them. You're working progress. They're not the enemy. Right. It's so easy to think that other believers are our enemies. Some of those other believers, even in our church, because they want to paint the building a different color than us, or they want a different color carpet than us, or whatever, so now they're the enemy. But even outside of our own particular church facility, those people have to be the enemy because well, they don't the meet with us. The other congregation is the enemy. Right. They, they don't meet with us. Like that. Yeah, and we have to get, get a revelation to live peaceable with all men, especially those who are in the household of faith. And that's going to do it for this segment of Faith on Fire. Uh, We're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire. 
P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.